G'day and welcome to Isolate, Eight Songs of Meaning podcast. Isolate is about bringing you a unique conversation from a special guest who is a touring artist or touring roadie. I wanted to shine a light on the talented people of the arts to find out some of their most personal musical highlights and the stories behind them. The flow and effect of COVID-19 has meant cancellations of large music festivals as well as your favourite local gigs. As a result, an estimated half a million people in Australia in the music industry are currently out of work. Support Act is a charity that assists financially when the industry falls on difficult times such as this. If you enjoy the podcast today, I encourage you to make a donation if you're in a position to do so. As well as musicians, there are many people behind the scenes who make gigs happen. The sound engineer, the tour manager, the lighting designer and more. They all play a pivotal role to ensure that we as punters enjoy the best possible performance night after night. It's important to remember that these uncertain times will pass. The shows will go on and these wonderful creative people will get back to doing what they love. So let's meet the people behind the musical magic. My guest this week is Steve DeWild. Steve DeWild is an artist manager at Unified Music Group, based in Sydney, working with Safia, The Kite String Tangle and Violent Soho. After growing up drumming in average local bands, Steve talked his way into doing work experience with tour promoter Chug Entertainment some 15 years ago, which turned into a full-time tour coordinator role, working on tours including Langway Festival, Soundwave, Don McLean and Coldplay. He made the switch to artist management, working alongside Dave McGregor, managing 12 Foot Ninja and Pete Murray before joining Unified in 2015. In his spare time, Steve enjoys short walks to the pub and occasionally still battles away behind the drums. Please welcome Steve DeWild. G'day, how you doing? I'm really well, how are you? Very good intro. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Now, I've known you for um, a few years now, but um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your your background and how you did get into, how did you talk someone into giving you work experience at Chug Entertainment? Because that is probably one of Australia's biggest promoters, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I um I did the classic cold call, just like every music industry company I could think of, just hit up with a a desperate kind of plea to just go and volunteer and do work experience while I was at uni. Yeah, and uh, I got a I got a bite back from Chug and um, yeah, just kind of did whatever I could there for for a few years. Um, were you posters. doing anything before that? Like, were you studying something different? Uh, I, just, I was just studying. Um, commerce at uni okay. just a, like a token degree to have a degree yeah. um but still kind of playing music and really interested in music and yeah and just like trying to figure out how you kind of get a foot in the in the door mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty common theme like you just go and do work experience work for free just kind of until yeah. an opportunity pops up for yeah. a, a really yeah so you started rolling posters and then how did that progress yeah just basically um trying to absorb as much as i could and help out at gigs and festivals and um, and then eventually yeah kind of turned into a, a tour coordinator tour coordinator role mm-hmm. um, and I think my first tour was uh, I think it was probably Don McLean mm-hmm. uh, of American Pie fame yes uh, very very well known Rodrigo Gabriela um, the Mexican um, duo guitar duo yeah. and I think Jason Mraz that was kind of the yeah. the first three I had had took the reins on, I guess. Awesome. Awesome. And then you moved into artist management from there. Were you living in Melbourne or you've always lived in Sydney? 
No, I always lived in Sydney. Okay. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, again, like I, I kind of decided that I wanted to tackle arts management, didn't know um, the best way to kind of go about that, whether it's just with my own artist. So I just shadowed um, a management company and, again, just said, uh, can I come and hang out and just learn what you guys do? And then yeah. a, a job job popped up with Damon Gregor. So, yeah, yeah, super lucky to get my foot in the door there. Awesome. Uh, you worked with uh, my friends 12 Foot Ninja, who I worked with down in Melbourne. They're big legends. And then you – hear a funny story about that um oh, yes, I, was please. Just, I was just looking at my contacts where i kind of write notes and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, i was seeing if i had your your number to to facetime mm-hmm. and i saw some notes from back when i worked with 12 foot ninja yes danger your name <laughs> it says from stevic uh she's approachable keen really good merch chick stands her ground <laughs> there you go oh that's actually really lovely yeah <laughs> Oh, good. That's pro- that note is probably, I don't know, eight years old or oh, something. Oh, I feel special. That's actually yeah. so sweet. And yeah. I, think, I think most of it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How is that? Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Well, yeah, when I went to send you a text, I was like, oh, I've got your number. I was yeah. like, I still got it. This is great. Awesome. And then you moved to Unified, which is a more of a heavy music label. How did that come about? Um, I, how did that come about? Uh, Yates, who I work with over at Unified, uh, his girlfriend posted on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Does anyone know of anyone that wants to work in uh, working artist management at Unified? Yeah. And um, yeah, I just kind of I knew knew Yates already. Kind of hit him up and um, mm-hmm. and had to go through the the usual processes Promotions, of submitting yeah. my CV, doing Skype interviews with the team in Melbourne and all that. Yeah. Um, and and they asked if I wanted to come across and. They were like, oh, you know, I don't know what sort of bands you like, but would you like to work with Violent Soho and The Catching Tangle and Montgomery? And I was like, no, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just you know, play it cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they sound sounds okay. Right. <laughs> sounds right to start with. We'll see how we go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sick. So, yeah, uh, yeah I super lucky to kind of, to, yeah, all the, all the planets kind of aligned when that came up. So, yeah. Yeah. I love Unify um, and what they – sorry, Unified and what they do. Um, I have been to the Unify Festival with Carnival uh, awesome. a couple of years ago and I actually stole this um, 2,400 um, singlet from the merch backstage. Excellent. Good. <laughs> well, I was sitting back there and everyone's like, oh, there's a shop there. You just go and take whatever you want. I was like, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't tell the 2,400 crew that. That's fine. It's yeah. secret safe. No, they told me it was free. <laughs> That you could just t- was it not free? Maybe it was someone that wasn't working there and it was just a fan just like, yeah, just go help yourself. <laughs> but it, oh, no. It was backstage. Nah, nah, I, was I was kidding. Okay, good. Because I was like, oh, my God. I would never not, like, I would never steal something if it was, you know what I mean? Especially like. You're, you're, you're safe. Don't worry. You're safe. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Almost cooked it then. Um, so we're talking in the time of the coronavirus. How has all this craziness in the world, has that, deeply affected your role uh you know unified how has things changed over the past few months yeah uh, obviously the first thing is that no one can tour um we've had to uh we had to work around a couple of things with the beginning at the beginning as as corona was just kind of kicking in Mm. with album releases coinciding like right at the start of lockdown and not being able to do promo and signings and, and and touring and stuff like that so we've had to move a lot of tours um and yeah, we're all working from home, that sort of sort of biz. Um, but I guess on the plus side, all of our artists are kind of getting busy in, in the studio and collaborating yeah. and 
and writing and um, and recording. So on that front, it's okay. But obviously, there's there's the financial mm-hmm. ramifications of not being able to tour and um, get the most out of some of our releases, I suppose. Yeah. But has there been any sort of new opportunities that have come out of it? I've seen a few people do like sell tickets to live streams and things like that. Yeah, yeah there's been been plenty of that going on. Um, uh, weirdly, online merch has been able to kind of sustain some of the artists. Online awesome. merch is, is, is selling okay. While people, I guess, wanting to buy hoodies and comfortable clothing while yeah. they're sitting at home and not <laughs> spending as much money, kind of partying and stuff. They, I guess, yeah. they got a bit much. And they want, and the sentiment is they want to support artists. Exactly. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I guess that's one plus. I think is I is did, online merch is doing okay. That I did see the other day. Um, I can't remember the bands. Couple of bands were doing uh, face masks as merch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've seen um, Amity Affliction and Ocean Grove and Thornhill. Yeah, Thornhill. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's well, like, I mean, people need it, particularly Victoria. They they have to. I know. Have to wear them. So. It is, it is, it's strange, but, um, yeah, I may as well make some money out of it if you can, if you're in this weird time. Yeah. And if you have to wear a mask, you know, you might as well rock something that you're, that you're into. passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, now just discussing the whole Corona thing. Um, some people, particularly in Melbourne, we know at the moment are in isolation. I'm in Perth, you're in Sydney. So I think we're, we're a little bit luckier in that regard. Uh, the yeah. first, the first question that I ask my guests, yes, for now, um, is do you have a quarantini? So if you're in lockdown, what is it that you're drinking? Cause I feel like everybody is drinking a little bit more than they should at the moment. At the start of Corona, we had a, uh, like a drinks trolley, which was just full. And a lot of it was just like, little dregs of spirits that we'd never drink yeah. and we've, we've just cleared it like it's all gone. Um, <laughs> you can probably see my booze cabinet behind me and it's about the same, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it needs a restock. Um, but uh, I've been getting into the old fashions. I've been making them. What's that? Uh, Is that rum? It's a, uh, like a bourbon whiskey or a, oh, or okay. a rye um, with bitters, yeah. orange peel um, and... Yeah, and sugar syrup. So, sounds, yeah. sounds delicious. Um, yeah. Now, the other thing I think I found in ISO is that people have been getting fat because uh, we've been eating because there's yeah. nothing else to do um, and supporting local businesses on Uber Eats. Uh, exactly. So what's your uh, ISO snack? Uh, in ISO, I set myself a challenge earlier because I'm obsessed with um, like soup dumplings, Long Bao, they're called. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't pronounce it right, but um, Din Tai Fung is like – uh, just down the road, so uh, I tried to make them from scratch. Oh. So that was is how was, what's was, in them? Is, is it like flour? I don't even. I've never tried to make them. Yeah, I guess you make like a little dough yeah. of flour and water, and then it's just like a pork mince with all these like um, spices and sauces, and then a bit of like you got to make a pork jelly. I don't yeah. know if you're vegetarian, but so basically, when you steam it, it gets hot. The jelly yeah. uh, turns into liquid soup. Oh. So. I've eaten them and I love them, but um, yes. yeah, I've never made them because I'm just like, that looks way too hard. Yeah, it was one of those things that's like I had too much spare time on my hands and yeah. they looked terrible, but they were still <laughs> delicious. So It doesn't happy. matter about the look, it's all about the taste. Don't exactly. worry about that. Exactly. Um, now, another question I ask my guests before we get into the main part of the podcast is how we met. Um, do you recall meeting me or not? Maybe not. <laughs> oh, that's in the memory. I reckon it was probably 12 at Ninja Show. Yeah. I don't know if it was 
West Coast or, uh, or Melbourne. Yeah, I, know, I, I, think, I think when I was living in Melbourne, um, I was working with 12 Foot Ninja. They were kind of just starting. This is around 06, 07. Right. Um, I can't remember if it would have been the launch of their first EP, I'm pretty sure. Um, and they had some really strange merch over those years. <laughs> I remember. But I remember meeting Dave and I remember meeting you guys at the ESPY um, at, uh, yeah. at the booth because I would have been the, the, the front bar or the Gersh? No, the Gersh, the Gersh, the Gersh always. Yeah. Although I did see them at the front bar once, but mainly the Gersh. But I was either yeah. being a door bitch or a merch bitch or both. Um, do you remember the T-shirt they did that said, I bought cakes? Yeah, so I there was sold a... that. What was that about? <laughs> I just remember the T-shirt, but I don't remember why they made it. What was the whole? Was there like a video about that or something? They did. They always do these skit videos, yeah. um, which were yeah, pretty well done. Like Stevic's a bit of a like a crazy genius yes, and comes up is. with these weird ideas. But uh, basically, there was some ninja mission to steal uh, all their instruments for for a rehearsal. I think. Right. And then someone rocked up late and everyone's pissed off and he's like, but I bought cakes. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, it was out of nowhere and we just like, hey, let's make a T-shirt. Right. I don't know, I can't remember. Did they sell? I don't know if they sold. Yeah, they did. They did because people rocked up and they were like, oh, the cakes. And I was like, huh. And I'm pretty sure we had cakes as well at the merch desk. Like, I, I might have yeah, been Steve. Like, I don't know if it was Cup someone cakes? from... Yeah, I don't know if it's someone from the family or a fan, but there was definitely Someone was about. like, well, if someone buys a T-shirt, give them a cake. I was like, all right, no worries. Freaking it, all works. it all works, whatever you can flog. Oh, yeah, back in those days, or even now, I suppose. Yeah. Know, something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to get into the main part of the podcast now. I'm going to take it right back, um, and I'm going to ask you, what was the first song or album that you ever purchased and where from? Uh, the first one, I think, was a compilation album um, called Hit Machine 2. Oh, yes. I don't know if you remember Hit Machines. <laughs> yes, I um, do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know where it was from. Um, it was probably like Grace Brothers back in that time or yeah. um, Sanity or something. Yeah. <laughs> but on it, I, I really distinctly remember Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name, yeah. Radio Edit. Yeah. Um, Sick. And I was really confused by <laughs> Ween's. Push the Little Daisies. I loved that song. It was the weirdest <laughs> song I'd ever heard, but I too was obsessed yeah, by it. I still can't really understand what they're going for with it, but um, <laughs> it's weird. And there was this song called Push the Little Daisies. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the there was a song called. Um, make them come yeah, up. I love And then there was another one. Um, it was like the Three Little Pigs, and it was this band called Green uh, Jelly. Yes. <laughs> and it's I like realize. it's like a fairy tale, but it's. It's so bad, but like that really sticks with me. I as remember, well. and it was bam, bam, Yeah, yeah, that was sick. I actually, um, the last podcast I did, um, he answered this question with, um, I think he he had um, Smash Hits '93 or something like that CD compilation, and it was all full of old bangers like this one as well. So good. Okay. Killing in the name was your introduction to music. That's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I, I, we were pretty young at that stage, so that was like a pretty full-on song, but yeah. I'm, impre- was, I'm impressed by that answer. Uh, what's that? <laughs> I said, I'm impressed by that answer. People have way more embarrassing ones than that, so that's a good one. Oh, I, it was definitely, there's way more embarrassing ones after that, but I'll keep <laughs> keep the credible answer of Breach. Yeah, <laughs> All right. <laughs> what was the first live gig you ever attended? Um, the first one was, um, I think it was Livid. 
Festival, oh, which wow. is like a touring festival. It was like you had your home bag picked out and lived. Yeah, you did. And it was a pretty stacked lineup. I think it was at like Sydney Showgrounds or one of those kind of places. Showgrounds. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Homebush was hosting festivals then, but yeah, yeah it was like Oasis, Powderfinger, um, Greenspoon, Powderfinger, um, Unreal Law, One oh. Law Short. Like, oh, yeah, yes. it, was, oh, yes. it, was, uh, it was a good one. Bangers. Yeah. And what was your pick of the day for songs of that festival? Can you recall? Uh, I'd say I've got this memory of Grinspoon oh. Champion, like the mosh. This is like the first mosh pit I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so that one sticks out in my in my mind. And uh, Body Jaw, Body Jaw, um, you're not the same. Oh, like just absolute bangers. <laughs> They're both bangers. And um, yeah. that guy's a better living album. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Yeah. So good. Um, now, who was it that influenced Young Steve musically? Uh, young Steve was influenced by older brother Nick. Yes. Okay. Uh, How many years older? Five. Okay. Five. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he played guitar at home, and um, you know, was listening to a lot of kind of punk rock and grunge and stuff. Yeah. Which... Whereabouts did you grow up? In is you like suburban Sydney? Yeah, uh, Northern Beaches, yeah, um, Sydney, and yes, family home, one one house throughout our whole kind of upbringing, and fond memories of just thrashing Nirvana and um, you know Lagwagon and whatever else. Um, yeah, like a lot of Muse and stuff like that early on. Foo yeah. Fighters. Nice, nice. When I was, uh, yeah, I would say my influences, I had two cousins that were also five years older than me, one male, one female, and the male cousin was into, like, Metallica and Pantera, and the other cousin was into, like, Snoop Dogg and Salt and Pepper, so I had this, like, total <laughs> blend of genres that came together. Yeah, just um, this sandwich, this weird sandwich. Yeah. So did Nick used to play Lagwagon on the uh, boombox, or did you have, like, tapes back then? Uh, there's a lot of tapes. Uh, I remember No Effects, um, yeah, Pennywise, all on cassette. The Vandals, I remember, I think the album's called Live Fast, Die Rare. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> but, yeah, like CDs, like, I think it was a bunch of blank CDs, burnt CDs. Yeah, uh, yeah I remember, yeah. it's like the modern day mixtape, well, modern day, but back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, we had like a home stereo CD player. Awesome. Now, um, you said that you started off with uh, Chug after banging on the door there. They finally let you in. Yeah. Was there a moment or a tour or a song, something that made you realise that being a person of the arts or, you know, being in in management or touring was going to be your career path or your calling in life? Um, I mean, working with them, I remember I, – I clearly remember um, – Don McLean tour because it's kind of the first one that I worked on. He hadn't come to Australia for years. Yeah. Um, and it was at the Opera House and we did two sold out shows at the Opera House and national tour. Awesome. Um, and yeah, that was super interesting because him and his band were like 70, like mid 70s. Wow. And they just like, just rolled in like, you know, the rock and roll white long hair and, <laughs> and like complete pros. Yeah. But um, yeah, like that was an awesome experience and such a like amazing catalogue and, um, he just like he'd hold American Pie till the end, 
yeah. uh, of the set, and then just play this extended like ten minute version because he knows everyone. Oh, that's what they came for, yeah. And then got to the end, and everyone's about to get up, and then he just like, "Eh, hey, we'll go to the next song." Like, like don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, just trying to keep people in in the venue. Uh, that was pretty funny. Oh, that's um, nice. I also remember the Coldplay tour. Uh, like just walking backstage in the there's like all these tunnels. I think it was the Sydney Sydney Entertainment Centre back then. Yeah. And um, not knowing where I'm going and just kind of talking super loud and then open the doors up and someone's like shush shush and then it was just like side of stage and then this huge black just the grandeur of the show wow. that they put on and yeah. just like being right there like yeah. right in your face. I remember that was fairly inspiring to see. Oh, it's awesome. Closer. What was yeah. Coldplay like to work with? They seemed like such nice people. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You don't really work too closely with the band themselves because you've got that layer of, like, their, their whole entourage, their yeah. tour manager, um, yeah. and I was fairly genius. But, um, yeah. but, yeah, everyone had good reports of them. They toured, chugged two of them for years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think some people always have bad shit to say about Chris Martin, but I, I <laughs> think they've got a pretty good rapport as far as I can remember. Yeah, well, I guess they weren't, like, super rock, rock. – well, they, I suppose they were pretty big rock stars back then. I guess they considered Chris Martin a rock star these days. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how uh, preachy he was back then, but, um, yeah, I mean, they put on a, a big arena arena show and, yeah, can't bag it too much. Nice, I like it. All right, um, speaking of working with bands, have you had a fanboy moment uh, have you worked with your favourite band? What's one of their songs that you love? Can you tell us a story behind that? I uh, I remember helping out at, I think it was the first or the second Soundwave because Chug and um, AJ were kind of partnering on Soundwave mm-hmm. in the early days. Yeah. Um, and I was I was really into Thrice at the time. Mm-hmm. And the, um, I remember they arrived backstage and I was kind of just helping out with like artist liaison stuff and but not really having anything to say, like it's just <laughs> just fanboy, like because I was yeah I was just obsessed with this record called Vesu, mm-hmm. and um just yeah I went into the dressing room and I was like oh do you guys need anything um, are you gonna help <laughs> like just absolute yeah uh, first day on the job type behaviour but um yeah that was again like just being able to watch them up close yeah. for that album that that I really liked that was a pretty cool memory oh that's sick. Uh, where are they from, Thrice? Are they an American band? From the States, yeah. I think Orange County. Okay, cool. Yeah, States, yeah, I ha- can't say I've listened to much of them. <laughs> yeah, they kind of came up in that, that emo, um, yeah, post-hardcore kind of phase. So, I don't know, it might be a fairly uncool band. but no, Actually, a friend of mine, I think he too managed them. You know, Tonksy, you probably do. Yep, yeah, Jeff Tonks. I'm pretty, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get him on the podcast as well. Um, oh. I'm pretty sure this was his favourite band and he, he got to tour manage them whenever they came to Perth, I can't remember, a few years ago. Um, hey, cool. Yeah, he loved them. Mm. Now, you're more of a heavy music guy, would you say? Is that more your jam as far as genres was, go? It's funny because I kind of started in that kind of space, but, um, yeah, now I'm looking after Sapphire and the Clashing mm. Tangle who are very much in the kind of electronic indie world. So, mm. yeah, I guess i I vacillate somewhere between the, the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if we could pick an absolute banger that's, I guess, from a genre that people wouldn't necessarily associate with you, what's a song that you would pick for that? It's hard to say because I, I reckon um, I've got quite an eclectic, I guess, uh, range Place. of bands that I work yeah. with. But um, I, I quite like 
like kind of soul music. So mm-hmm. a, a modern artist um, that I yeah I really like is Nairi. Um, oh, I love her. She's great. Yeah, she's incredible, and she's got this amazing band as well. They're yeah they're crazy talented. So yeah. uh, really, I'm, and um, we're kind of getting a bit more a bit late to the electronic um, techno world a bit, but. Um, yeah, uh, John Hopkins is just uh, another artist in the last few years I've just been pretty blown away with. Um, I went, saw him at the Opera House yeah. at the beginning of this year or last year and mm-hmm. yeah, just he's incredible. Now, he's, he's, um, is he American as well? Uh, he's from the UK. Okay. Um, Dan Rowe, I think, did a big piece on him um, when his album came. Did he have an album out last year? Yeah, uh, Singularity. I think was out either last year or the year before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a big noise around it. I did, I did check it out. It, electronic vibe, pretty cool. You've got to, you've got to kind of, yeah. It's one of those immersive records if you kind of, yeah, you know, spend a bit of time in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty. It's really soundscapey stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. I mean, it's it. not all just like four on four bangers. Like he's, he's quite a quite a uh, good piano player and it's yeah more atmospheric yeah, it's, it's, type of stuff exactly yeah it's worth giving a bit of time to I reckon sick all right i'll check it out when i put it on the isolate playlist yeah, um nice. now as a tour coordinator i suppose you would have spent a lot of time on the road would that be fair funnily enough in those days not really like you kind of you do the setup you do a lot of the like you know the ticket builds and the marketing and yeah. um logistics and then you hand over to to tour managers to kind right. of take from there so Okay. So in the early early days, they're actually yeah, you're kind of doing it from from an office, um, and not not so much touring, but probably a bit more touring nowadays in the management. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, what's your favourite tour van? Because you spend a fair bit of time on the road in Australia, I would I would assume. What's your favourite tour van song or driving song? It's not necessarily my favourite, but okay. um, one that comes to mind is um, is uh, Wagon Wheel by. Old Crow Medicine Show. Who's that? I've never heard of this band. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> what, did someone else play it? Or? Yeah, so uh, I just started working with Sapphire and um, they were playing Splendor and, uh, like, uh, I knew some of the crew guys but I hadn't really, like, and they go way back, their band and their crew yeah. were super fun and worked really well together and I was kind of new to the team mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I just remember them all singing. This is like a full country song. It's like, rock me, baby, like a wagon wheel. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so when I think of tour vans and you're like, you know, one of these like rock anthems, you're like, nah, let's go straight for the cheesy country song every time. <laughs> I've never heard this. I'm looking forward to, to listening uh, to it. <laughs> yeah. After um, this chat, like, I don't know. Yeah. I think you're just going to have some very different songs in your playlist and your, your friends are probably going to think you it's funny because I, I I listen to the isolate playlist and I'm like fuck this is sick this is the best playlist yeah. ever my friends have <laughs> such great taste um, and I've got like Deep Forest on there now so that like pops up and I've got um, Rump Shaker on there after right. last week so I feel like this this just you know throw it in there why not yeah um, what did Yogi yeah Yogi Peak Lucero which I think is sort of country-ish I don't know a lot of the songs I've never heard before, but now I, I dig them all. So it's yeah, like, <laughs> I, yeah. I guess because yeah, sometimes those songs like are tied to weird memories or yeah. uh, kind of sometimes just novelty songs rather than necessarily everyone's taste. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, moving on to the next question, which is actually our last question, but I've got a couple of um, post podcast quick fire questions for you after that. Um, 
we're talking, well, obviously this podcast for me was something that I wanted to do to raise money and awareness around Support Act. Um, between the both of us, I'm sure we have a lot of friends who are not working right now um, and it's pretty scary times um, and I don't know, I've, I think we've all felt like we've had struggles with mental health probably in the last few months because the world's just so unknown. Um, so my last question is about a song that's helped you find strength or find your voice in a dark moment or something that you feel empowered by. What song did you pick for this one? Uh, I, I, uh, I always think of back when I was younger, like listening to Everlong by Foo Fighters. Oh, I love this and song. E- and either seeing them play live, mm-hmm. it's, it may not be lyrically that appropriate, but um, yeah, it's just got this you really euphoric kind of build, and yeah. and learning to play it on the drums is like I feel like it's the the ultimate kind of air drum song as well. If you're you know, yeah. playing out some steam in a car or whatever, um, and then yeah, more recently, I every time I hear um, Violent Soho's "Covered in Chrome," it's kind oh, of love that song too. It, it light, <laughs> lights a spark, like you know, you, you think of that song at a festival or at a, at a show yeah. where kind of the crowd's quiet and then they start that intro and then the crowd just, you know, That's takes it. off. Um, yeah. And then, you know, when it launches in the fucking mosh pits, it's going ballistic. So, and that kind of just ties it back in for me. Of like, all right, that's why we do it. Like mm. there's that kind of feeling of, um, all right, sweet. Like, you know, focus back on track kind of. Yeah. That, that's sort of like, I feel like it's a goosebumps moment as well when that happens yeah. for that for that particular song covered in chrome anyway during the set. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so good. There was, um, I, I didn't make it up there, but they did uh, like a surprise support um, support set for DZ Death Rays. So they didn't announce it, but DZ Death Rays, like, oh, do you guys want to be the surprise support act like mm. fairly recently and just the video of it because no one knew who who was going to be the opening act and yeah. it was in brisbane in, in soho's home home crowd yeah i do remember was this the start of this year or late last year it wasn't that long ago yeah i think it was last year perhaps um and just to seeing the footage of people realizing oh. and just losing their fucking marbles. <laughs> <Lots of shit. laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I want to know a bit more about your. You mentioned air drumming there, so you are a drummer by trade, is that right? Yeah, I wouldn't call it trade. Us, yeah, by hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you? Did you play in any bands? Did you gig in bands as a drummer? Yeah, yeah, still, um, still gig away. Just kind of, yeah, a bit, bit more of a hobby for fun. Um, I still play with a, an artist called Mammals, who's mm-hmm. out of um, South Coast, New oh, South I, I Wales. Heard, I've heard of this band. Um, I, yeah, it's not, oh, it's it's not Mammal. I don't play with no, Zeke. No, no, uh, not Zeke. <laughs> no. I know, I know. It's with an S on the end, right? Mammals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I have heard of it. Yeah, and um, I still play with a like a four-piece uh, like Delta Blues band called yeah. Daddy Long Legs and the Swamp Donkeys, which is pretty fun. They kind of just, it's, like, it's like we'll, we'll just kind of set up a PA in a brewery or a pub and, um, yeah. and, and play for like three hours, largely kind of just riffing off each other, which is pretty fun. So yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. Good. Um, all right. Well, we've hit, we've hit the end of the podcast of the main questions. I'm going to hit you with some quick fire, um, like basically just two artist names and you just got to pick one over the other and don't think about it too much. All right, no worries. Ready? Oasis or Blur? Blur. <laughs> okay. Metallica or Pantera? Metallica. Kendrick or Kanye? 
Kendrick. <laughs> Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Ooh, West Coast. Katy Perry or Taylor Swift? Oh, that's hard too. Uh, <laughs> Katy Perry. Okay. ACDC or Cold Chisel? Fuck, these are hard. Um, <laughs> I like both a lot. Yeah, me too. I'll go Chisel for the... Favourite song? Have you got a favourite Chisel song? Um, yeah, it's Flame Trees. Nice. Um, but because we've... Um, do you know Glenn from, from Birds? He's another yes. Perth, yes. Perth local. Yeah. We're kind of obsessed with um, ruining songs by clapping on the one and three instead of the two and four. <laughs> oh, I've heard about this, yeah. <laughs> and so Flame Trees is a good one because it's... Um, Looking like a cloud girl. <laughs> Clapping on the one and three, um, and it's ridiculous, and it's not funny to anyone else but us. But um, no, I think it's funny. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's why that one comes to mind. Awesome. Okay, and last one is uh, crowded house or split ends. Crowded house. Yeah, I think everybody's picked them. <laughs> Have you got a favourite crowded house song? Because they're one of my ultimate favourite bands. Um. Yes, I don't know. I think um, Take the Weather With You is probably yeah, my favourite. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's an absolute banger. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Now, um, Steve, what's coming up next for you? What are the next few months going to look like with all this sort of uncertainty around touring? Uh, well, it's actually good timing. Um, with the Support Act um, initiative of the podcast, is that we're about to launch something with Support Act in conjunction with Safia, um, oh, wow. Raising Money raising funds to try and help all crew, but, you know, mm-hmm. their, their crew is kind of top of mind mm. while um, people can't tour um, yeah. and the band can't tour. So we're going to release uh, something pretty cool uh, in the next week. Mm-hmm. So uh, depending on when this airs, it might be out already or um, or still coming. But, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's most pressing. Um, awesome. And, yeah, we've got a bunch of tours that are kind of just waiting to, to release just to see – see what happens with um with regulations um yeah. in the next few months whether we tour this year or, or next year um yeah. and the clutch string tangles doing a bunch of remixes and collaborations which is super exciting as well so yeah everyone's everyone's keeping busy and yeah yeah can you give positive. us a sneak peek of the Safia thing is it like a merch thing or is it a show it's, thing or is it like super top secret it's music related okay um yeah, so it's, it's a music release. I'll, okay. I'll say that much. All right, cool, cool. I'm, I'm stoked we're getting the, the, uh, the exclusive. The inside scoop. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Okay, so Safia and Kite Street Tangle, they sound busy. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, Soho, Lion Soho's record's only been out a, a few months. Um, yeah, how's so, that going? Uh, I like it. Good yeah, record. it's good. Yeah, um, it's been received really well. Um, probably... The, the most international response, I, I'd say, for any of their albums straight up, like yeah. from release. So that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah. We did have to kind of cancel um, their world tour, yeah. which is pretty heartbreaking. But hopefully next year the guys will get back on the road and can be able to tour the record. Yeah. Well, um, there's actually, I mean, Perth, basically we're sort of almost back to normal um, and tours have sort of just started to be announced. So maybe mm. you could just get them to come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of that thing where there's a few off- offers for different bands popping up. Like, 
you can play a normal show in Perth and everyone's standing and it's yeah. um, like a normal show, but you kind of got to uh, isolate for two weeks. Um, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, so that's a tricky part. Hopefully, yeah. like, I think there's some travel bubbles opening up between Tassie, WA, non Territory, South Australia. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there might be some touring opportunities with, with that sort of stuff. We kind of got to wait and see. Yeah. Or we'll just all move to New Zealand and live there. <laughs> do it all there. Do it there. Yeah. Um, is Unify still happening in January? Is that book, it's booked for January? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're – I don't work um, on the festival, but I yeah. believe they've announced it for an Australian-only lineup. Yeah, I um, see that. planning to go ahead for, for Jan. All right. Fingers crossed for North Lane. <laughs> Fingers crossed, indeed, yeah. Fingers crossed for everyone that it can go ahead. And yeah, far out. Right. in. I hope so, yeah. It's been a weird time. Yeah, that's it. It's, I mean, hopefully we'll get through it soon enough and look back and talk about how that crazy four-month period was. But Yeah, I feel like it's given everybody time that they probably necessarily wouldn't have found any other way. And, you know, I wouldn't have a podcast if it hadn't happened. You know what I mean? So yeah. I guess there's opportunity in uh, in change, you know. Yeah, um, that's it, and and people forced to be creative, um, whether it be doing interesting streaming or, yeah. or just writing or honing their craft. So yeah, you got to take the positives and do do what's in your control, I guess. Yeah, have you found that there's anything in, like any uh, new skills that you've found in ISO or um, anything that you've decided to do that you wouldn't necessarily have done before? Yeah, I started. Um, I started exercising the first week of isolation, and nice. um, decided to give that away. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, just, I, I mean, everyone like everyone just just cooking more and um, yeah. learning new recipes, playing a bunch of tennis. I guess that's that's fairly new. You're still you're kinda, allowed to play tennis because you're far well, away. You're kind of quite far away from each other. Yeah, um, that's good. And it's out in the open, so yeah, yeah that, that's one thing. But otherwise, just yeah, plugging away, working from home in our uh, little. Spare bedroom. Yeah. Okay. So you're work, you're still working from home now. You're not back at the office or anything. Nah, nah. Still working from home. Yeah. And, and that's going to be for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of start looking at moving back into the office in in uh, the next couple of months. But there's also no real hurry. I don't yeah. think we we're used to working on the road anyway, so we can yeah, you can sort of do it from anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So so that's one positive. But um, yeah, it'd be good to have some human interaction. Yeah. Bit of uh, yeah, you, you get a bit of cabin fever, but um, yeah. yeah, it's fine for now. It's all good. Awesome. All right, Steve, I will let you go for this afternoon. Thank you so much for your time. I've really Thanks enjoyed your picks. They've been great. Um, everyone, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Five stars or I'll kill you. No, I'm just joking. Um, listen to all the choices on the Isolate playlist on Spotify. And, yeah, thanks again, Steve. And everyone will see you next week. Awesome. Thanks for having me.